intro. Okay. When I was given the option to choose anyone I wanted to preach at my ordination recognition service, in my mind, there was only one man church that I wanted to choose, and that man was Ken Good. And I wanted Ken to preach at this service of mine, not because he served as the pastor here from 1985 to 2000, and not only because he chaired the committee to hire me, and not only because he currently serves as the president of the Board of Elders here at Faith Bible Fellowship Church, but above and beyond all of that, I chose Ken Good because he has been so faithful to care for me as a first-time pastor, to care for my wife as a first-time pastor's wife, and to care so well for this church body as a whole. In essence, I chose Ken Good because I know Ken, he loves this church. And I know that so much of our growth here, church, at Faith Bible Fellowship, it is a result of the prayer the labor and the love that Ken Good has invested into this particular body. Plus, there is no better feeling, church, after making a mistake, and trust me, I have made plenty since I have been here, to go to Ken and to say to him, I messed up here, didn't I? And for him to always start with, it's okay, Pastor, I've been there too. So at this time, let's show some love to the president of our elder board, and to our very own Ken Good. I think he's trying to make me cry. (laughs) Before I even start, I just want to recognize uh, and honor uh, Ralph and Sharon Soper, who are with us today. Uh, Ralph is the conference pastor. That means he's the pastor to all the pastors in the Bible Fellowship Church. And whenever a church needs help, guess who they send? Ralph. How many of you have, two years ago, how many of you were not regular attenders here? Raise your hands. Two years ago, you were not, Ralph, look around. This is a new congregation. (laughs) God has blessed us. And it's, because one reason is because of the faithful work of Ralph and Sharon, uh, but also the members of the congregation who have just been open and friendly and warm and welcoming to everyone who's ever come in through these doors. And that's going to continue on. Well, good morning. As you already know, my name is Ken Good. I'm one of the elders here at Faith Bible Fellowship Church. I've been asked to speak today as we recognize and celebrate the ordination of our senior pastor, Wesley Bunding. I'm happy and honored to do so. However, it's been 21 years since I preached a sermon. Times have changed. I have changed. When I was a senior pastor here, the congregation would not sit in the first three or four rows. I don't know why. I'm sure it was me, but... (laughs) They would not. So I preached from the third row back in the aisle. (laughs) Without a pulpit, without notes, only with my Bible. But at the age of 73, my memory isn't what it used to be. I'm like the old golfer 
whose friend said he was giving up the game. And he said, why? We've been playing together for almost 60 years. His friend said, I can't see the ball anymore. I have no idea where it's going. Well, the reply was, I've still got 20-20 vision. I'll watch the ball for you. So as they were driving down the fairway, his friend said, so where did my ball go? You know what the answer was? I forget. <laughs> That's me. So I'll be speaking from up here with notes. On September 24th, 2016, a group of pastors ordained Wesley Bunning to the gospel ministry in Marietta, Pennsylvania. On October the 2nd, 2021, this past October, the Bible Fellowship Church at their annual conference recognized that ordination. And today, Faith Bible Fellowship Church of York is recognizing and celebrating that ordination. But what is ordination? The internet says ordination is fast, free, and easy. You'll be able to perform weddings legally, no need for a Bible, a theological education, or a statement of faith. And after all, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Yeah. No, no. The only source of truth that we can have confidence in is the word of God. And that's where we're going to look. Ephesians chapter 116, who ordains? Certainly not the internet. There is only one who has the authority and power and right to ordain ministers. Paul tells the Ephesian church, I do not cease to give thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know one, what is the hope to which he has called you? Two, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And three, what is the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places? And get this, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every other name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the only one who has the authority to ordain ministers. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 well known to us as the Great Commission. After the resurrection of Jesus, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He chose them. He called them. He trained them. He commissioned them. He ordained them. And what did those disciples now promoted to apostles, what did they do? Well, exactly what Jesus ordained them to do. They preached the gospel. At first in Jerusalem, but then they went into all the world. People were saved, people were baptized, people were taught, congregations, churches, 
were established. But have you, have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered when the traveling missionary apostles moved on, who led those new churches? Where did those leaders come from? How did they get to be leaders? Paul tells us, Ephesians 4.10, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all in all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, excuse me, I lost my place. <laughs> He gave the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So do you see, Jesus chooses the leaders, and he gives them the gifts of ministry. But who then identifies them in the name of Jesus by, and by his authority, by the laying of on, on of hands, uh, ordains them into the ministry. Well, we see the answer to that in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. Those great missionaries, Paul and Barnabas, who established church after church in region after region all over the Near East, those great missionaries, what did they do? When they planted a group of churches in a particular area, when they had identified and trained those whom the head of the church, Jesus Christ, had gifted for ministry, they ordained elders in every church, and with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they believed. Paul says that Timothy, who he had ordained at Ephesus, a command and teach these things, let no one despise you for your youth, but let the believers set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity and until I come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to the exhortation to teaching do not neglect the gift you have which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you a council of elders a council of ordained men by the laying on of hands ordained Timothy to the gospel ministry and in Titus Paul says to Titus, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So follow me here. Jesus ordained the apostles. The apostles ordained men in the churches that they planted. And those ordained men then ordained other men as the church expanded around the world. So ordination then is a council of ordained ministers who examine a candidate for his fitness to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, recognizing in him, in him the spiritual gifts given by Christ and by the laying of hands on of hands, passing on the authority that they themselves had received at their ordination. So down through history, there is a succession, a passing on of authority from Christ to Pastor Wesley Bunting. And God willing, one day. Excuse me. 
God willing, one day, one or more of these young men sitting here today will join that, join that succession. Amen? Amen. I realize that most of you here this morning may not know what an ordination examine, examination looks like. Well, let me tell you, contrary to what the internet says, it's not fast, it's not free, and it's not easy. A group of pastors examines you. Anyone in the council can ask you any question. They examine your testimony. They ask about your prayer life, your devotional life, your walk with the Lord. They ask you about your education, your training, and where and when you have ministered to or counseled or helped others. They ask you about your experience in preaching and in leadership. And they can ask you any biblical, theological uh, question, doctrinal question that comes to their mind. And then they vote whether they believe you are fit and ready to be ordained. Pastor Wes has gone through that twice. Once when he was ordained in Marietta, but also he was examined again in order for his uh, ordination to be recognized by the Bible Fellowship Church. I think that the second examination was a lot easier than the first one. <laughs> I think so. Well, now that we know what ordination is, what's expected of us? Well, there is no better charge with which to encourage and challenge uh, Pastor Wes than Paul's charge to Timothy, which Pastor Wes read his own charge in the scripture reading, but I'll read it again. I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. But that is not what many churches are looking for in a pastor. They want a pastor to preach for 20 minutes, condemn sin, and not hurt anybody's feelings. As not this church, if you want that kind of church, I can give you directions to find one. That is not this church. We want the truth. We want the whole truth and nothing but the truth because we need the truth. And the world needs the truth. Pastor, keep preaching God's word with accuracy and passion. You're doing a great job so far. Amen, brothers and sisters. Keep loving us. Keep praying for us. Keep challenging us. Keep encouraging us. May everyone you meet be convinced that you care about them. May everyone who comes into contact with the church that you pastor be convinced that it is doctrinally, spiritually, and emotionally a safe place, a sanctuary, a haven, a home. As Paul encouraged Timothy, 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Don't let your love for God, your love for his word, and your love for his people grow cold. But what about us? Is there a word for us? Well, there is. 1 Timothy 5.17 Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. We honor them with our words of support and encouragement. We honor them by using our gifts and talents and abilities to help them in the church. We honor them by generously supporting them and their families. And may I pause here for a moment and say that I've been involved in the Bible Fellowship Church for 67 years. I have never seen such an outpouring of love and support as you showed our pastors this Christmas season. God bless you. And you probably don't need me to tell you, but we honor our pastors by withholding our words of petty criticism. Being a pastor in most churches is one of the toughest jobs that there is. Pastor Leland Botzert, lightly hearted, lightheartedly said at his son's ordination, Many expect a pastor to work from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. doing everything from preaching and counseling to sweeping the floor and stocking the church washrooms with toilet paper. He should earn $400 a week, give the church $100 a week, and be ready to contribute to every other good cause that comes around and financially help those who just happen to drop by the church. He should be 36 years old with 40 years of pastoral experience. He should be... He should be tall on the short side, heavy set in a thin sort of way, and handsome. Having one brown eye, one blue eye, hair parted in the middle, left side, right side, dark and straight, blonde and wavy. He should have a burning desire to work with teenagers and spend all his time with senior adults. He should smile constantly with a straight face because he has, sense, he has a sense of humor that keeps him seriously at his work. He should invest 25 hours a week in sermon preparation, 20 hours in pastoral counseling, 10 hours in meetings, 20 hours in visitation, 30 hours in prayer, and answer the phone whenever he's called. He should attend all committee meetings and all activities of the church. He should always be available in his office and always in the community evangelizing the lost. He should have perfect children and a perfect wife who is kind and patient and perfectly dressed, young and beautiful, but also older and mature who can play the piano, serve in the nursery, teach Sunday school, sing on the worship team, minister to women, and host Bible studies in her home. Whew. But seriously, listen to me, friends. Most of the expectations that people have for a pastor are their own. They are not scripture, not from scripture. Criticism is poison to a church. There are those in some church who feel it is their right, their privilege, if not their duty, to be a critic. Anybody can be a critic. No special training or knowledge is required. Don't be that person. Theodore Roosevelt famously said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, 
or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Build up your pastors. Don't tear them down. Encourage them. Encourage their wives. Encourage their children. And if I may make a personal observation, having raised three sons in the church, this church, Brothers and, sister before, brothers and sisters, before you criticize the pastor's children, remember they're growing up with your children and your grandchildren, and they're learning it all from each other. If a leader needs to be corrected or to be admonished, there's a biblical way to do it. Matthew 18:15. if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Or 1 Timothy 5.19, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he sins against you, a sin that he can be charged with, not because you, that you don't like that he does or doesn't wear a tie when he preaches. In closing, I want to say we have a great church, a great congregation, a great pastor. He has a great family. We love you, Pastor Wes. We love you, Liz. We love you, Theo. We love you, Simon. We love you, glory. And brothers and sisters, if you agree with me, a hearty amen, amen would be in order. Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, once we were lost, now we are found. Once we were blind, now we can see. Once we were aliens and strangers cut off from the family of God. But now we are your sons and daughters and brothers and sisters to one another. Under the leadership of those whom you have gifted, chosen, called, trained, commissioned, and ordained, may the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. Pardon? Ralph. Yeah, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph, wake up. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's probably the best introduction I've had in a long time. <laughs> Thank you very much. If I was in the process of ordination and heard Pastor Ken speak, I probably would just say, I'm, I'm going to do something else. Uh, uh, but no, that's a, a, a lot of truth to that, and I just uh, thank him for, uh, for his words. I thank uh, the Lord, most of all. We're here to worship and honor to him, right? We certainly want to recognize Pastor Wes and all that uh, uh, he's done in his life and the things that he has accomplished, he and his wife Liz, and how they've worked together. But I know that we're here to honor God because he's the one that's actually worked through them. They are where they are because of who God is. And so the love that they have for Jesus Christ is extremely important. It's important to the Lord because he wants to get the honor and the glory. Uh, through us, but he's also, uh, it's important to you that your pastor loves the Lord.
uh, as the more he loves the Lord, the more he's going to love you. And so uh, you can need to pray for him in that, that realm, that he'll just always stay on target and on truth and always be in the word of God. And we are recognizing uh, the ordination that took place as what was mentioned. Uh, and so you might say, well, why are we doing this again? And I say, because some men need it twice. <laughs> but not your pastor. Not your pastor. No, we are here because... Uh, we, a number of years ago, we recognized that because it's all the way up at uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, a lot of churches cannot get there during the ordination service that's held up there. Uh, it's a great service. It's a time of rejoicing of what the Lord has done and bringing them in. We had um, a 10 at one time a couple of years ago. We had 12 last year, and so, or maybe switched around, but just a lot of men that, uh, that the Lord has led uh, to uh, the Bible Fellowship Church, and we are so blessed and so encouraged, and your pastor is certainly one of them. I was here and helped through that process of, of uh, calling him, and uh, just uh, it was really wonderful to see how the Lord worked uh, in, in calling uh, Pastor Wes. And so uh, up there, we realized that you can't get there, or a lot of churches can't get up there, and so you miss out on what that is. And so we want to have that local church ordination just a a brief uh, um, showing of what happened up there to let you know that you are part of a denomination. I know many of you know that, but it's important to remember uh, that there are like 67, 68 churches, something like that, that you're a, a part of. And even though uh, our church is autonomous, there is an accountability in the Bible Fellowship Church. And so your pastor is accountable, uh, not necessarily to me, as a lot of people think that when I come to a church, I'm going to change things, and I'm going to hire and fire your pastor, and I'm going to take him away from you. And we've been stopped in the parking lot and said, you know, we really love our pastor. <laughs> you know, like, don't take him from us. Uh, but that's not my job. My job, my privilege, I keep calling it a job, but it's a privilege to be able to pray for your pastor and other pastors. It's a privilege to be able to uh, encourage, support, uh, challenge when it's necessary, uh, to offer advice when they want, when they ask for it. Uh, so it, it's been just a great uh, honor and privilege that I can uh, be able to serve in this capacity. So your pastor did go through the process. Um, some people say it was long and hard, um, and I say except for the memorization of the articles of faith, it was a good process. Um, so, uh, and I say that only because it was hard for me to memorize that. Uh, so, um, but the process was good because I came into this denomination. Actually, Pastor Ken Good is the one that was initiated me into this. He's the one that encouraged me to get involved and, and do things back some years ago. And, yeah, it was a long time, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, it, was, it was a great process that I think because it gave me time to recognize is this really what God wants me to do? Is this really the place that God wants me to serve? Is this the thing? Because I really took the, um, the, the seriousness, the ministry, and the, the pastoral position that God was calling us to. And so it gave me time to think through that. And it gave the church an opportunity uh, to say, is this the man that God is calling to our, our church? And uh, so I, I, I just really appreciate the process. And so that's what your pastor went through, is uh, that process. And he's here now. He's been, uh, well, he was ordained, but his uh, previous uh, ordination was recognized. 
what just means that the Bible Fellowship Church, after examining him, believes that he understands and believes what our articles of faith say. And if you haven't read those, I'd encourage you to go online sometime and, and take a look at that uh, because they are good articles. It's what we believe that God has said in his word. And uh, without as much human intervention as we can give, but uh, we all have that, but uh, we really believe that it's true to the scriptures. And so uh, we just praise God for that. And so uh, he's under the care of the credentials committee, uh, which uh, now oversees the men after they've been ordained and, and uh, approved at conference. And uh, at conference, we uh, have a service. We have the singing and all the regular type service. And then a uh, a man preaches a sermon, and then we have the men uh, that we talk to and uh, ask questions. And I'm going to do that now that we do a conference. So, Pastor Wes, if you'll come on up here. We have eight questions that we like to ask the men. And I, I really enjoy this part because it reminds me again and again and again, which we need to have uh, of uh, what this means uh, as a pastor. And so uh, listen closely, if we would. Pastor Wes. Do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you confess anew the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and acknowledge him head over all things to the church, which is his body? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and life? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the articles of faith of the Bible Fellowship Church as containing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Spirit and the Holy uh, Scriptures? If so, answer, I do. I do. Will you endeavor to follow the government and discipline of the Bible Fellowship Church? If so, answer, I will. I will. Do you promise subjection to your brethren in the Lord? If so, answer, I do. I do. Have you been inwardly persuaded as far as you know your own heart to seek the office of the Christian ministry in response to God's call out of love for him and a sincere desire to promote his glory and the gospel of his son? If so, answer, I have been persuaded. I have been persuaded. Do you determine to be zealous and faithful in maintaining the truths of the gospel and the purity of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise unto you on that account? If so, answer, I do. I do. And do you purpose to be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all of your duties as a Christian and a minister of the gospel, both private and public, endeavoring by the grace of God to feed the flock of which God shall make you overseer, to seek the salvation of the lost, and to walk with exemplary piety before men? If so, answer, I do. I do. Praise God. You can stay up here, please. And at conference, after those men answer that question, then we gather around him as a credentials committee and pray at the local church we ask the elders uh, to come up and, and uh, do that as well so if the elders will come on up here uh, appreciate that and we'll have a time of prayer for him and then I'll read the pronouncement that we, uh, that we have a conference for uh, Pastor West Father, first of all, we want to thank you for saving us. That would not have happened if someone didn't share the gospel with us. 
And in many cases, it was in a church where we heard it for the first time. And we believed. And we became your sons and your daughters through the new birth. We want to thank you for giving us the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we might serve one another and that we might be used to reach the lost and to build up the church of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for sending Pastor Wes to be our pastor. We thank you for his faithfulness, for his love, for his encouragement. We thank you for his family. We thank you for this congregation who love you and love each other and love the lost and want to reach them. We would ask your blessing on Pastor Wes and his family and this congregation. And we thank you for what you're going to do in the years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we thank you for all that you've done for this church. Lord, we thank you for bringing Pastor Wesley here, Father, and giving him the words and wisdom and guidance to lead us through this time, Father. Lord, we pray that as he continues to lead this church, as he continues to lead your people, your children, Father, that you give him the wisdom and the knowledge to know when, when to lean on you, Father, when to push into you, Father, when to just simply trust you in the process, Father. Lord, we ask that you give him the strength and wisdom that he needs to, to love his family as well, to be present, Father. Lord, we ask that you give him the strength that he needs to lead by example here at Faith Bible Fellowship Church, Father. May we come around him and lift him up in those times of need, Father. May we encourage him when we see that he needs encouragement. May we be praying for him as our pastor as well, Father. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in our church and will continue to do through the labor of Pastor West, through the labor of his family, and through the labor of all those you've called here, Father. Be with us through this time. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, as people said. Amen. Before I read the pronouncement, let me just uh, add to this. I think it's really important that uh, you pray for your pastor. Pray for uh, his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so that he's doing what God wants him to do. And, uh, and, and leave it open like that. You know, don't, don't interject uh, your preferences in there, just whatever God wants him to do and how he wants to lead him uh, to be sensitive to that because it's important. And it's also encouraging to a pastor to know that your brothers and sisters are praying for you. Uh, I think it's very encouraging. And so uh, as a family, because we are a family, if, we, if you know Christ as your Savior, we all have the same Father. And so as a family, we need to pray for one another and encourage one another. So at conference... Um, talks about um, uh, making a pronouncement. I now pronounce that the previous ordination to the gospel ministry of Wesley H. Bunting is recognized by the Bible Fellowship Church according to the word of God and the faith and order of the Bible Fellowship, Bible Fellowship Church. And as such, he is entitled to all support, encouragement, honor, and obedience in the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
I think it's fitting at this time, church, that we conclude now uh, with the Lord's Supper. And communion, church, it is a time where we as a church body get to testify our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ to one another. It's a time that we remember the perfect life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it is a time, church, that we as a church family get to celebrate that Christ will come again for his bride, the church. We here at Faith Bible Fellowship Church practice what is called open communion. Therefore, we invite all believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ to partake. So if you are walking this morning in fellowship with God and with other believers, you are welcome to join us this morning at the Lord's table. However, we would ask you to abstain this morning if at this time you are an unbeliever. To the non-Christian that is here this morning, I want to welcome you personally, and I am so glad you are here. And if you have questions about the gospel or what it means to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, please see me after the service, as I would love to share that message and answer any questions that you may have. However, if you are not a believer at this time, we would ask you to abstain from the Lord's Supper. We'd also ask you to abstain if you are a believer who at this time is holding fast to a known sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 27 and 28 says that we are not to take communion in an unworthy manner, but that we are to examine ourselves first church. So if you are walking this morning in unrepentant sin, we'd ask that you confess and seek forgiveness of your sin before partaking Uh, at the Lord's table with us. We'll again be using the communion cups this morning, which are located in the chairs in front of you. So at this time, I'll ask those who will be joining us at the Lord's table to grab a communion cup and to take just a couple minutes to prepare your hearts and your minds for the Lord's Supper.